this is Adria, and welcome to Look Out for Joy. Today, I have a special guest. Her name is Julie Christian. I know her through uh, Writer's World, through some mutual friends that we have, actually, Chris and Paula Butler. Uh, Paula and I cheered together and rooted Chris on as the star basketball player at Anchored Christian School. And Julie goes to their church. And so we found out and made that connection uh, on our own. <laughs> we didn't even, we didn't even uh, ask Paula and them work all this out. But welcome, uh, Julie, into uh, Look Out for Joy today. Thank you. Julie to share with us today. She has four children and married. She is busy writing and trying to um, help her kids do virtual school at home. She has one child away at college. And so we're going to talk about Casey that is at college. And I want her to just share with us a little bit about Casey and um, what happened when she was born. And so Julie, tell us about your daughter, Casey, and how old she is right now. Well, Casey is 20 years old, and she is a proud Florida Tech Panther right now, majoring in astronomy, and she was born in the year 2000. She definitely was not the child I expected. I had a lot of pink, frilly, cute little girl outfits, and my daughter does not like pink and doesn't like girly things and has an opinion of her own, but... More than that, when she was born, she was diagnosed with uh, Turner syndrome. But when she came out, she had a big puffy thing on her foot, like a ball on the top of her foot. And she had all these folds of skin on the back of her neck. And I'd never heard of anything like that before. And in 2000, you couldn't do Wi-Fi in your hospital room or anything. So the doctors told me she probably has something called Turner syndrome and it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. Have a nice night. And then the next morning they came in and told me, well, she's going to be short. She can't have children. Um, she might have a low, low IQ, but other than that, she's fine. If you, know, if you were going to have a child with a syndrome, this would be the one that you want to pick. And I was like, how can you say these horrible things? Basically, she had a really healthy childhood other than some really terrible problems with her ears. Uh, we were fortunate enough to get involved in the Turner Syndrome Society, so we were able to meet other girls and adults with Turner Syndrome, and we got involved in a study, so she got growth hormones, so the average height for a girl with Turner Syndrome is four foot six, or was, now it's much taller because they get growth hormones, but my daughter got growth hormones, she's five foot one and a half, she will point that out, the half is important. I'll explain what Turner Syndrome is, it's a chromosomal abnormality where, you know, normally a, a girl would have two X chromosomes and a boy would have an X and a Y. My daughter only has one X chromosome. So you can have short stature and a lot of other different things, but mostly my daughter had an uneventful health situation other than the ears. But early on, we noticed that she acted differently than other kids. And even at the Turner syndrome conferences, she was just different we ended up getting a diagnosis of autism, you know, when she was around eight, but we knew before that it was just hard to get a diagnosis. So, you know, whether or not that's due to the Turner syndrome or not, I don't know, but that is who she is. And it's been an unexpected, but wonderful journey ever since. So they actually have um, conferences or conventions 
Yes, they do. And if, if anybody's listening who has a diagnosis or anything like that, I would encourage that you check it out. It is, we went every year for probably the first 12 years of her life. Oh, how many people attend that? It depends on the year and where they put it. <laughs> I, I wasn't excited about going to one in Buffalo, but I was more excited to go to one in Portland, you know? So it really just depends on where, but it's a lot of women and teens and girls with Turner syndrome and they have groups and my daughter is still friends with girls that she met when she was three. And I'm friends with their parents. So oh. it's a, in a group, it's one in 2,500 live female births. So there's not a lot of people in the country that have Turner syndrome hmm. or try to. Is there a reason why they call it Turner syndrome? Oh, you're going to kill me with my science education here, but it is the doctor that named, he just, he noticed that there were several women that had these same traits, but it was before the chromosome was really discovered. So they didn't know about the missing chromosome, but they named it after him because he noticed that these women had the same issues. Oh, well, that's interesting. Huh? Okay. Wow. Sometimes it's those little things that you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, and sometimes it's as simple as, oh, that's the doctor that came up with it. So it's actual name, but I know it's something Turner. So there you go. Cool. I was reading your bio and uh, people can go to your website, which we will be uh, giving that out. They can read the whole story from birth until current, pretty much, of Casey's life. The interesting thing that I found and that I'd like you to share with us about is what happened? What were some of the um, things that would happen at school in her early days, the struggles that you had um, with a special needs child? And could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. I take pride in being real. So first I want to apologize if this is a little bit too real for anyone, but I just remember from very early on just getting schooled and being embarrassed, not by my daughter, but she would not understand things like everybody else did. And she would do things like sit in front of the church at children's moment and pull her dress over her head or, you know, middle school, she couldn't keep her pants pulled up. They wanted to always fall down. And she doesn't understand why anybody would be concerned with her rear end showing. So the school would call me and be like, please buy your child a belt. Mm -hmm. And those kinds of things were hard. But the other thing that was hard is just the inability to find another parent who understood what it was like to be me. Because like the just the action of going to church and worrying about her doing those things. But then also I'd put her in Sunday school and she was so literal in her mind um, because of her disability that when they took, they took flowers, like little crepe paper flowers, and they went to staple them on a cross for Easter and she thought she was hurting Jesus by stapling things on his cross and she cried and I never even heard about it until I saw pictures and I could see her standing on the side of the picture like with her hands and her face covering her eyes and so then I had to take over and teach Sunday school because I wanted to make sure that never happened it just the whole process of being Casey's mother has taught me to think outside of myself in a way that I never imagined. And it's sometimes been painful <laughs> 
to learn to do that. But um, yeah, those are some funny and uncomfortable things that have happened in her. Um, you know, like she'd go to a party and just disappear into a room and read books. The children would never see her, stuff like that. It just was hard to get. Or, oh, my favorite is a lot of times I'll have friends that she's known for 15 years and she considers their children her friends. But when she sees them, for some reason, she can't recognize their face. And she'll say, who are you? And once they tell her who they are, she knows what they mean to her, but she can't recognize their face really well for some reason. Those things are kind of hard because we're used to living by our own rules, by the way our own brains work and perceive things. And hers is so different. Hmm. That, that was really neat, the part that you were talking about, how she got upset with putting those flowers and stapling those sometimes even little children do take things so literally that that we we don't understand you know how they're feeling was there a particular time that you were just really frustrated with school situations we've been lucky that we've had some really great school situations and great educators and lots of support but there were a few times you know when she was leaving preschool and going into kindergarten I was schooled in a private Christian school my whole life and I looked forward to giving that to my child and so I signed her up for kindergarten at this Christian school and I was so excited and she had been in preschool all this time with no trouble uh, they called me in on a Friday and said you need to come here and you know I watched her in the classroom and she was behaving as she normally does but it wasn't, in my opinion, disruptive or anything. But then they called me into the, into the office and said, you know, you need to find another school for your daughter. I was thinking, okay, well, you know, I'll take some time and I'll figure it out. And, you know, and they were like, no, you, you can't bring her back on Monday. You have to find something for her today because we don't want you back here. And it was really, really difficult for me um, because I had in my mind this idea that she would have the same education that I did. And to not be able to give that to her was really difficult. But it ended up being the best thing for her because we went to the, the new school, which was a public school. And after the first day, they recognized what she needed and they gave her everything she needed and she just blossomed. We didn't have another bad year until ninth grade, you know, because it was just such situation and the great school system and great teachers. That's good. Did Casey ever get um, bullied or made fun of because of her situation and syndrome? She did once. Well, I have the opinion that kids have probably said or done things or made faces that she just didn't recognize because she doesn't really seek approval from strangers like we do. So if they're making fun, she may not, she may be less likely to notice or the things that she's, that they're making fun of, she could really care less. But, um, uh, the one time she was being bullied, actually, she did not recognize it. She was on a bus and it was in middle school. And some young boy was saying things that he knew would get her upset. Like she was currently um, obsessed with like jungle animals or something. And he was saying something about jungle animals to get her all riled up. And another girl on the bus knew her from elementary school. And she was a teacher's child. So she went home and told the teacher and the teacher called the principal of the middle school and reported it. And I think it was handled perfectly because the school brought the boy in and used it as an opportunity to teach him, you know, how, how to interact with Casey in a way that was appropriate and that you don't do these things. And it may seem funny to your friends, but it's not. And instead of being a punitive situation, it was used to teach him. We were really 
really happy with the way it was dealt with. And Casey, it never had bothered her <laughs> anyway. But Casey's father did call the school and nominate the girl that pulled on the guy for a Do the Right Thing award. So the little girl did win an award and everything was fine. So. Wow. That's a cool story, actually. Wouldn't it be great to be to be like Casey and to not <laughs> seek approval? <laughs> Yeah, it would be, there are a lot of ways that I feel like it would be great to be like Casey until I see how hard she's really working and um, she has to work so much harder than the rest of us to, to, to be like normal, what everybody would consider normal. So yes, yes. I'll just stay the way God made me. <laughs> right. So tell us what Casey is pursuing um, at college. Her dream in life is to be an astronomer and to discover a habitable planet. So that is her dream. And she believes that God has told her this is her purpose. God tells her that he's got her covered and that this is what she is to do. So she went to our local college for the first two years um, because she wasn't exactly ready to leave home. And then last year she lived in a dorm so that she could get the training to move away from home. But the school she was at did not have an astronomy degree or a physics degree. It had nothing even close. So she got really good grades. By the time she left, she had a 3.5 grade point average in college. She got accepted to this school and um, she's currently living the dream. Although I'm sure some days she wonders why she chose this dream because the college she's at now is much harder and it's faster paced and the math is harder and she's three and a half hours away from home. It's a challenge, but she is currently living the dream because she's got to wear a mask and everything. But Oh, yeah. <laughs> so how how does she view the mask thing? Like, is she, does it not phase her? How do you teach a child like that, that you have to do this now when you haven't done it all your life? Well, for her, it's all about the dream. And if the school says you have to wear a mask in order to get to class, you have to wear the mask. And that's, she hates the mask. I also did see her Googling one time, why do autistic people think that people in masks look scary? I, I even said to her, I think it's because all of her medical issues that she had had as a child makes her a little bit nervous of those masks. But she does get a little afraid seeing instructors in masks. That's really hard for her. In her mind, it's all worth doing because the end goal, she's just so motivated. Wow. You know, I hadn't thought about that but for a child that's been in the hospital a lot or had you know situations like going to the doctors a lot they have seen doctors and surgeons in masks to now see people at school or teachers or whatever that, I, that could be alarming I could see that I, I really think it's a possibility and then you know on top of you know recently losing her dad it just makes her think about illness and death and scary things I think it reminds her of that hmm. you know she doesn't really give it much thought she just pushes forward I don't she hasn't complained about it I've been to visit her twice now and she just puts that mask on and I mean she's walking two miles to class in the Florida 100 degree heat in a mask you know and she doesn't complain yesterday was her first chemistry lab she had to wear a mask goggles and a headband and this is a child that has never like you can't no ponytails or barrettes please don't brush my hair seriously so for her to have to wear all of that 
oh, and a lab coat and long pants. She won't even wear long pants if it's 30 degrees outside, you know, she, but she'll do it for the end goal. So. That is so cool. She is determined and a fighter, isn't she? <laughs> she has, all, well, she says, you know, girls with Turner syndrome have only a 1% chance of making it to live birth. Um, most miscarriages before the, I think it's supposedly the second trimester, please forgive me if I get this wrong. Um, if they were female, would most likely be a Turner syndrome child. The, the fetus often just miscarries. So it's very rare to be alive and be a woman with Turner syndrome. So she says she is a fighter. That was it from birth. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That is wonderful that she has, uh, you know, her GPA has been so high too. That's That was higher than what mine was. <laughs> I don't tell her, well, she'll probably listen to this, but don't tell her, but it's much higher than mine was too. Um, Now it's not been without its struggles. I mean, there were times in the beginning where I would help her open up her access to her classes and I would see the grades and she had like straight F's and she would have to work her way out of a hole because she just didn't know. Here's a good example. She had a quiz for her chemistry and it was, did you read the syllabus? She's literal. So did I read the syllabus? Well, I sat down and I looked at the syllabus, but I might've skipped a little bit on the third page. And on page 92, I finally gave up because I was, it was just forever. So in her mind, she did not read the entire syllabus. So she answered no. So, you know, it's those kinds of things where, you know, she gets half credit for that quiz because she cannot, she cannot not be honest. Oh, wow. That is amazing. Wow. And, And it said read in its entirety. Well, if I skimmed it that's not reading in its entirety so I'm not going to answer yes to that wow wow that is so very cool I understand that Casey played basketball in high school as well she was uh featured on a news show and it was just one of the special memories that you have sure well when they came to interview Casey uh it just so happened that she scored three what do you call it in basketball it's not points because they're two points each so six points but three what Whatever, baskets. There yeah. you go. Um, so she scored three times when they when the news crew was there and they interviewed some of the other students and she said, when Casey scores, everyone scores. And it's true. I mean, Casey, when something good happens for Casey, you feel like you had something to do with it, even if you didn't. You know, even when she's doing all of the work. It just it's just neat. Her spirit and her happiness just flowed over into other people and they could see it and and feel it and it just seemed like it radiated throughout the whole gym yeah it did and and she has moments like that now too and we just live off of those because things can get really tough when you have a disability or a child with a disability and sometimes I just Um, Like this last time I went to visit her, you know, she's grieving still and she's in a new place and all of these things are different. And sometimes she's just angry as, as she should be. I mean, it's a step in the grieving process, but I was listening to her do calculus tutoring and it's a very, very close Christian friend. She's actually a a wife of a, a pastor as well, but she's my my daughter's calculus tutor and she was talking to the calculus tutor and she was being downright mean to her. I just was like, I don't know how to fix this. And those are the times that I just lay on the floor and pray, God, cover Casey, you know, fix this for Casey, help her to understand what to do or say, you know, heal her pain. And um, 
I think pretty much at the beginning of every semester, I do that because I'm so afraid of, you know, what's ahead and is she going to be able to do this? And then every semester, every time, every challenge, God comes through. And what I do is I just try to hang on to the joy of when he came through. Like last semester, I was sure she was going to fail her math class. And instead, she got accepted to her dream school. And, and so I, I videotaped her getting that acceptance. And I just, when I'm down, I play it over and over again, you know, because if God could provide that and he could provide those basketball wins, you know, he can, he can do it again. So yeah. I just wait for the next one. What happened with uh, your, your husband that um, recently passed away and um, you said that um, Casey has been grieving that situation? Oh, uh, well, Casey was at her, it's, it's my ex-husband, but she was at, it's Casey's father and she was at his home and I had been there early in the morning and uh, dropped off some stuff for school because she was getting ready for finals and FIT had said that they would accept her pending a good grade in her uh, math class that she was taking. So all the pressure was on her and it was uh, in late April. So the COVID thing was happening and school was all online. So the pressure was just heaped up on her. Like if I don't do well, I'm not going to get into my dream school. And so I took some stuff over so she could study for her math final. And I saw him and he seemed fine. And then I went home and started cooking lunch and Casey called me and said she couldn't wait him up. So she called 911 and she administered CPR, but he, he was passed away um, of, of a heart attack, we think. And um, she had to do all of that and then come home. The worst thing was she came home and I got her showered and bathed and calmed down. And then um, he had, they had a dog together who was 16 and um, they had to put the dog to sleep too because he couldn't take, he couldn't walk. He was arthritic and he couldn't take being moved to another home. We got her dressed again and went and put him to sleep and she just kept going. I don't know how she kept going, but six days later, she got her grades and got accepted to FIT. Mm. It was hard and she's still grieving. She understands the passing. How how has she been grieving? Um, does she experience the different stages like we do with grieving? I do believe she does um, because I lost my dad a year ago and that I mean, that's my only experience with it. And, um, you know, she seems to have the anger and she seems to question, well, could I have done anything differently? So she kind of bargains, well, he had diabetes. So maybe if I had told him, don't eat those donuts, or if I had gotten to him sooner, you know, so I definitely think she grieves the same exact way. She just communicates what's going through her mind in a different way. Um, so from the brain to my ears, it's just different. Um, but she, you know, she's undergoing grief counseling and she's talking through it. She has an amazing faith. So um, I'm sure that God's going to carry her through this. It's just early in the journey, you know? It's mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if that just happened in April, my April. goodness, wow. And with COVID and everything else, I mean, I just cannot even imagine. And she's off like three and a half hours away, taking all these classes, trying to make new friends. And uh, she's amazing. She's definitely, um, I, I, when I grow up, I want to be Casey. So. <laughs> I like that. (laughs) When I grow up, I want to be crazy. (laughs) She's so cool because one time I was talking to her 
I want to say she was maybe like 12. I was talking to her and um, I said, Casey, you know, heaven's going to be so awesome because in heaven, you won't have to get a shot of growth hormone every night. You won't have ear infections. You won't have autism. You won't have any of these things that burden you. And she sat there for a second and she goes, I don't want to be any different. I like the way I am right now. And it really hit me that, you know, all this time I was struggling with how did God let this happen? Or did God let this happen? Or, you know, is this a result of sin in the world? And Casey isn't spending any time thinking about that. Casey loves who she is, loves who God made her and doesn't want to be any different. And I wish, like, like, like I said, when I grow up, I want to be Casey because I would love to think that way about myself and everybody else. That is so cool. That is so cool. I love it. <laughs> we could end right there because <laughs> it was really good. But I do want to ask you one other question and I think you probably just answered it. But what about Casey makes you smile? <laughs> uh, her honesty. Uh, <laughs> her everything. Um, her honesty, you know, I could look horrible and I'll be like, Casey, do I look nice? And she'll be like, no. Oh. <laughs> time, you know, she's so honest. She'll tell me things that I never considered or thought of, you know, and she'll tell me I'm the best mother any girl could ever have. And oh. um, you can just trust her to always tell you the truth. You can trust her to always be there if you want to talk. Um, she's just wonderful. There's not anything I don't like about Casey. That's so cool. <laughs> And if you ever want to split a milkshake or a piece of cake, Casey will join you. Oh, good. Well, I love it. I love all of that. That is so cool. Well, um, thank you for sharing about Casey and, and her life. You know, I can't wait to see her graduate and what God is going to do with her because um, uh, she's an amazing girl and she is uh, not going to let anything stop her. No. Nope, she will not. I think I'm going to need a bucket for the day she graduates because it's going to need to catch all of my tears. I'm sure. I'm sure. And if you think that she will one day independently live on her own? Yeah, I mean, she's living in the dorm now. Um, I, I really, and I would give this advice to anybody with special, a uh, parent of a child with special needs is don't make up your mind because she's grown and matured so much because she knew she needed to, to reach her goal. Um, I expect that she will live independently. She may need some supports, but she's able to ask for those. Um, and the biggest thing that she does for herself is she advocates for herself. So if she needs a tutor, she calls a tutor. If she needs a counselor, she calls a counselor. She doesn't drive, but maybe she will, maybe she won't, but she can still get around without driving. Lots of people do. So. That's the goal uh, that they try to instill in us with our son is that you want to your child to be able to live as independent as possible, to be able to do as much as they can for themselves. You know, there's going to be certain limitations. I do believe that God will tell you, Julie, one day, well done with little Casey. Well, thank you, but I think it was all him and her because I didn't do anything to make her like this. This was all God and her, but I, I will tell him well done. 